center of your life. It is everything you hear. Everything you see. Everything you feel. It is everything you are. How would you know if someone stole your mind? As more and more manifests in what we know as the real world, more and more people are willing to at least consider uh, not only the paranormal, but also the fascism that's taken over Western civilization in general. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Uh, we are going to be chatting with Mrs. Tessa Dick a little bit later. Uh, ex-white miss, missus, ex-missus, ex-missus of the one and only Philip K. Dick. We got friend of the show and handler, James Nation, back in studio. Hey, hey. And of course, we got everybody's favorite person, everybody's favorite host. Is this like American Nation? Graham Spermia. Spermia done How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Good. It's not what it sounds like. Not yet. Maybe you mm. should explain what Graham yeah. Spermia is, Darren. It's cutting off a chunk of Graham's calf and sending it off into space. And the hopes that'll land on some fertile land, um, planet someday and breed a race of Grams. <laughs> Micrograms. Micro- <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So how are you going to send him into space? Well, eventually well, we got to get there. I don't know how we're going to send him into space. Well, with the balloon. Now, the balloon's not going to get him off planet. So. And we got to pull a little rocket on the balloon that shoots Graham off after that. After? It's kind of like a launch pad, like you an elevator. You think it'll break orbit? Well, we got to get a good rocket. No, this balloon's not going to take all this weight. And then the thrust? What about just a little mini rocket? If it's just a sample of a calf, then it just can be a little yeah, no, you mini need, The problem is you need a pretty big rocket, I think, just to fucking break orbit. Well, we need somebody to... Just even to with no payload? Yeah, but we're already up, up Yeah, I right? think so. We're... <laughs> We're already up at like 100,000. We're up a kilometer. That's it? Yeah. So like 1,000, 1,124 or something like that. Oh, Last oh, time I checked. That's as high as it'll go? We're here where we start no, that's where Alberta? we start off. Yeah, we're starting a kilometer up. Oh. How do we get up higher? You got to build a pretty fucking substantial rocket to fucking get a, like a bigger, like, yeah, I don't think we can just go buy it. You would have to build something, which I don't think would be that hard. I think you can build a rocket easy enough. The problem with a rocket is fucking things can go fucking haywire pretty quick, and then all your shit is gone. <laughs> just ask uh, SpaceX. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, we're and we're just a bunch Don't of fucking it. doofus podcasters. Try like, hey, let's fucking rock it. Smoking weed and playing with rockets. $1,500 worth of cameras into our and woof. Or it fucking falls on its side and goes like six kilometers west or who knows. Somebody gets killed by a falling GoPro. And I couldn't believe how cheap the balloons were, to be honest. So just for people that don't know, geez, we're talking about, I don't even want to talk about it, actually. We should just stop talking about it. (laughs) We've escalated very quickly. Graham is an all-in rounder debunker. To you guys, it's been three shows, but for us, it's only been like 45 minutes. 
But now we've we've been able to find a whole kit that comes with the fifteen uh, hundred gram or whatever. That's a lot of grams. Weather balloon. Weather balloons. So that's how much helium it's going to take. Yeah, that's that is a lot of. Take like a truckload of helium. Can you imagine? Are just we going to launch fifteen hundred grams into space? <laughs> <laughs> they could just like, grams permia. Right they there. could. They could just jump. Go grams! You're free. You're free, grams. <laughs> We're going to prove the and Earth you is put flat. Some, a GoPro on the, the fucking balloon and get it up there. Well, See, it's that, not going to go high enough. We looked at a video online. We of thirty-three kilometers. Yeah, this will go and it's 40K. not enough of a. Not enough of a. I think it was. You can enough. still say it's no, flat that, in that. No, one. he was fucking playing with the fucking. He's fudging the fish it. Fish eye. We're gonna play. No, it's not the fish eye. It's the fucking. He's leaving it fuzzy, which allows for a bunch of fucking what? obfuscation and everything. Leaving fuzzy. He's not tightening the image up. It wasn't high definition enough. So are you serious? Well, we'll see. Who cares? It's we're gonna fucking take a car. Plus, he was only at thirty-three kilometers. I know, but now you want to go forty only. We've You're only gonna be able to get forty. 40 well, and... that's the biggest balloon I can find is forty. Okay, guys, listen. Here, here's what you do. Let's start a GoFundMe account. Wait, wait, wait. Let no, me see. Okay, no, you guys. No. That's a lot of work. Let me see Let's if not... I can find a two thousand gram balloon. You guys keep yeah, talking. Yeah, get a GoFundMe account going, and then we can get raise some money, and we'll shoot this balloon into space with some of Graham's calves, and uh, we'll prove the Earth is flat. Well, the way I picture I mean, it, I mean, it, round. it comes, <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? It comes yeah. with a little tripod thing, so we'll set up a bunch of cameras on it. James has some cameras. We got a couple cameras. Yeah. We'll put them all up there. We'll have fucking thing covered in Gramerica stickers. And a Moai. Those to space. We'll send a Moai up. I'm going to send a joint up. We'll some, think of some other stuff. We're going to scan some Graham's calves when he's not looking. I think it's good for like fucking 20 pounds or something, so we could throw some shit on this thing. And we'll have them all going. It comes with the GPS. It comes with everything. It's like, I think the helium's a little bit. The helium's probably going to be like a thousand bucks over a thousand bucks. So it's going to be a few thousand bucks, but I think we can fucking, I think I bet you fucking, it's going to take like fucking three weeks. You can't get the horizon to be shown as round until you get out into space. You are a fucking negative Nancy today. Can We'll also play the Grammy. You know why? Because I'm, we're falling into the fake conspiracy. No, no, There's no, a no. bunch of fucking chills out there since 2008. The government's putting these fucking chills in there to populate all this crap on these websites about the flat earth. It's not even a fucking real. You think you know, that it's a, flat earth guys are all just shills? No, but some it's no, but it's been fucking injected and propagated and it's, you know, and then people are falling, falling for it. Really and then we're getting... fucking falling for it because we're talking about it again. You know, I, they got to be because how can you actually think the earth is flat? Like, really? No, don't. No, you're going to no, piss no, off no, a no, bunch no, of no, flat no, earthers. No, 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 no I'd no, like stop, to stop, know. Stop, stop, stop. James, come on. You have to. You got to be. This people. This is a delicate I fucking know situation. That aren't flat earthers, but they're shape agnostic. <laughs> and we're just. So I'm telling you. Okay, well, I'm, that's what I'd like so to know. So this is what I'm saying is that fucking there's enough fucking people that I think. They trust us so that if we fucking put a thing up there and make a video, they're not going to think that we're shilling in either direction. So we'll put a bunch of cameras on it. We can explain very well how fisheye works. It works in both directions, the center of frame. We can put a camera sideways so, you know, we can we can get around that. And I think that our listeners will trust us at least. 
I can't I believe. I can see curvature in the fucking 33 kilometers. So I think we'll see some curvature. And we'll send some shit into space. And it'll be cool as fuck. This is what the world's coming to. And we'll, we'll, we'll YouTube the whole event. The going out, filling it up. When the, when the truck shows up to fill this thing up. Oh, Jesus. We have to be sensitive to the flat earthers nowadays. I know. Well, right? we do. Because it, not it's not their sensitive. fault so that they've this. fallen in the trap. <laughs> they've fallen in a trap. The, dis- the disinformation trap. Yeah. It's going to be I one agree. of the essays. It's going to be one of the essays I want to fucking do on, on the black budget is about conspiracy theories. It was written by government employees so this, in 2008. I think, I think we fucking will see fucking thing. And if we don't, the next thing we'll do a fucking rocket. And like James said, we'll put our own cube satellite in orbit eventually. That just does nothing but play the America show all day. Yeah. And you could just track any and then satellite. If nothing right else, now. at least we can say with authority. So, how does tracking a satellite around the Earth prove it's round? Well, there's some public, there's some satellites that you can actually communicate with or ping. Yeah. And uh, so you basically say, Watch okay, it go here it comes. It's, it. it's coming from the east, right? You'll see it coming, or from the west, I mean. You'll see it coming, you'll ping it. And then you can get your, uh, you know, the UK posse because it's coming. Right, yep. and, it, and it should come out of the west as well if it's the Earth is round, right? Because it's no, not why, going in why, a circle. Why, well, it could just come straight because across if it the was flat Earth, the flat right? Earthers say that things go in a circle, right? So that means it would be coming from the west at some points, and then it would be coming from the east at some points, right? If you're doing a circle on this flat table, right? So for some people, it's coming from the west. From others, it's coming from the east, right? So if the Earth's round, that same satellite is always going to come from the west. So you get us on board, then the UK posse does a pay. So not well, what if it's going around the flat Earth that way? Well, how would it orbit a flat object? I don't know. Well, I guess it possibly it could mean it could only orbit the flat object the other way. No, we need I mean, we need a this, physicist. <laughs> we need a physicist here to tell us if it would have enough gravity to orbit properly. If no, but Earth that's why. So that's why it's just that's just one of them. That's yeah. just that's just an extra thing. Plus, we got the balloon thing that's going to show curvature. And uh, what was the other thing? The other thing was... Uh, Can I jump from one of these balloons? Eventually. Okay. We'll yeah. get there. I'm in. I'm totally in. If we could get there, we'll try. I don't know. That could be your second skydive. No. <laughs> That's not <laughs> fucking happening. I could just picture myself drifting out to space. So I had a third... Well, the other thing, oh, yeah, the other is, thing the... is Jerry and... Uh, Grim? Grim are going to take some pictures across Lake Michigan and Chicago with a high def camera. So I think that's going to show us some refraction things. And even if it hides a little bit of Chicago, you know, we'll have a couple different things to add up. Does Grim think the earth is flat? No, I don't think so. I don't think either of them do. They're shape agnostic. They're just, (laughs) they, they're, they know we're being fucked with in multiple levels in there. They're just open-minded about it. Is this actually a real term or are you guys making shape up agnostic up? No, you just, Shape agnostic, you know, yeah. not shape to- this is a new thing. You've just coined a new term. No, they've, they've no, been no. talking about it for yeah, a while. No, it's a thing, yeah. yeah. It's we a thing. We no, didn't coin nothing. You can't credit that one. Fear mongering, maybe. So if nothing Sphere mongering. Sphere mongering. I don't know if I made that one up. I might have been second. I so I'll tell good. you what, after we do this, the after we do this, <laughs> then we'll have a flat earth around. If you want to fucking get involved in this whole thing. I'm upset about it's it. It's more, it's, it's funny for me. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I think it'll be great. No, no offense. Flat He'll get Earthers. excited as we start going. Maybe it'll be flat and we'll be like, holy fuck. Hey, when we, we send what the, have we done? when we send the balloon up, we'll capture some chemtrails too. We need, next thing you know, we'll just be making our, our camera will be stuck on the top, of the top of the dome. It hits the roof. <laughs> be hitting the roof. Yeah. It hits the roof. <laughs> tink. 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 So it, it stopped moving. <laughs> 
dragging. Uh, ting, ting, ting. <laughs> That'd be something. That will do it. And then we can say it at least in Gramerica, we know for a fact, one way or another. So if anybody has any experience with launching these balloons, they should probably spam Graham, hey? Yes. No, just, you can, this is Darren's project. Okay. I'm not getting involved. Darren at Gramerica.com. <laughs> Are you nope. going to call it Grimerica Goes to Space? You can email me at gram at grimerica.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be Grimerica Goes to Space, yeah. Okay. Space. It'll space be completely America. separate from our uh, regular thing. I'll set something up. I'll set up a link. It'll be uh, grimerica.ca slash, what's a good one? We could be GASA. Gramerica Aeronautical Space Administration. Oh, there we go. It'll be gramerica.ca slash gasa. And that'll Ga take you to the link, whatever link I set up to do. A, I'll set this up as a little side project. Graham will say gasa. And then we can maybe get some support from outside the community as well. And then we'll fucking launch a couple balloons up, see what happens. James is kind enough to help us out with the thing and let us use his cameras. Yeah. And, the, and the acronym can also stand for gear acquisition syndrome. What's the extra A? Anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> that's, Associated. That's the program that you have to get Association. To get off Association. It. Well, it's kind of like having gear. I think we'll have a cool space gear. Yeah. Yeah. What else can we send to space? I don't know. Just more weed. Listeners can give us ideas. Yeah, Mushrooms. Pot. We could send the mushrooms. Some space. mushrooms. Space. Space mushrooms. A picture. Well, how are you going to get it from now? We talk, How are you going to get you, you going to do It's going to separate off the balloon and, and the little mini rocket and go through the atmosphere? Or is this the, well, no, 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 that's not it. happening. We got to figure that out. No, we no. should do Graham Spermia. No, that's, we're not there yet. Maybe, you know, if the show ever gets huge and we have enough, you know, fucking around money to fucking hijack rockets, like Jesus Christ. We're talking tens no, of meant, thousands of dollars. In, like what, what is it might actually to? be illegal too. We have to find out if just, we can shoot rockets into space. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Crashing into satellites. Just to stuff. break orbit? I don't know. You got to hit like fucking 13,000 miles an hour. So I don't think you're not doing that with anything. That's small. from, that's have from the scene, what they use to launch things into orbit. Right, but that's from the surface of the earth. <laughs> that's what the payload. You're just talking yeah. about mushrooms and weed. I but mean, see, what the, we're no, already, no, but if we're spending thing actually into space, we're setting your calves. Yeah. Definitely tissue culture. So we can. Send little micrograms off into a microgram. It would make sense to send a bunch of mushrooms, though, because they could survive or maybe like... And then they end up populating the galaxy. Yeah. With... Your planet can be called Gramerica. Yep. Right? There you go. I'll throw, <laughs> I'll throw some pubes in. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, side Graham project. seems like he'd be a shaver, actually. Gasa. Yeah. Yeah, he's nodding his head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a like a fucking. He's like a dolphin. <laughs> He's like a dolphin. <laughs> you guys should see Darren's face. Oh. Okay, what do you got? Uh, I got yeah, a, so We need well, a sincere, jingle. Sincere, yeah. We, Sorry, we James a, is a UFO fan as well. I got. We a, need a, I got gas a Listeners, jingle. I got some listener emails here. Of UFOs. <laughs> yeah, Play the guitar one. I don't have a guitar UFO. Yeah, the quote. acoustic UFO. Oh. No, that's the UFO quote jingle. Not this is different. No, this is emails, oh. listener sightings and oh. stuff. Okay. Oh, do we have a jingle for that? Yeah, it's that one, you know, the, with the people going to the house and talking about the UFO sighting and all that. Oh, yeah. We just seen our first UFO. <laughs> We kept saying, you know, what is that? What is that? 
And it wasn't until after the events happened and it disappeared to the south in the darkness that we went inside. We stayed outside for a couple seconds and we went inside. And she sat on the couch and I went to the bar and I sit on a stool and I took my glasses off and we stared at each other for 5, 10, 15 minutes, who knows. And I got up and I wanted to go back outside and as I grabbed the door I looked my wife right in the eye and I said, we just saw our first UFO. And she looked at me back and she goes, I know. So this is from Tom. He says, been meaning to send something enlightening to you for a while. I really enjoy the trip reports and hearing strange reports from listeners. So I've been racking my brains to think of something from my misspent youth to share with you. Either I burned out all my memories or hitting recreational drugs every weekend simply hasn't uh, or wasn't as profound or crazy as I thought. So no interesting trip reports, I'm afraid, at least just yet. I did have one or two very real UFO sightings in my youth, though. They were, explo- they, were, they were so explicit, they were etched on my memory. Although at the time, they were far from earth-shattering to me. I was young, I guess, and I took, sighting, took these things for what they seemed. Not sure how to explain. Now I look back, the second one was pretty odd. <clears throat> so on holiday in northern Italy with my family, aged about 13... We did this most years. We drive down through Europe from southern England and camped all over the place. That sounds awesome. On the motorway in Italy, midday. How much camping can you do in England? No, on the way down to Italy through oh, Europe. Right? Oh, okay. So you'd probably go down through Germany. And I feel like you'd run France out of spots and, pretty quick. No, there's in, lots, of, in, lots of. So scorching hot day, I see what looks like a black sheet tumbling slowly through the sky. Jet black, like a silhouette. It must have been huge as it was high up and still very big, spread out widthways, long and thin, just tumbling. All the family could see it, watched it until it was lost from view. Then when we were staying at the camp site in Italy, midday, not a cloud in the sky, I was standing on a mound looking across at the view of a hill and a tree line. Slowly, what looked like a hot air balloon drifted across from behind the trees. It was maybe a mile away and only 50 foot off the ground. As I said about the size of a a large hot air balloon, but it drifted across maybe 100 feet, then stopped. I shouted to my dad, who stood up and watched with me. Although the top was roughly balloon-shaped, the canopy came down to a basket, which was more like a W shape with no actual basket. And the strangest thing was, again, it was completely black, like a silhouette. We watched it for maybe a minute, then it simply drifted back in the direction where it came from behind the tree line. We both looked at each other and shrugged our shoulders, and we never spoke of it again. It was a prime example of cognitive dissonance, looking back. So there you go. Broad daylight oddness. Not typical UFOs, but certainly weird. I'll do my best to hit you up with a donation in the new year. You've kept me sane over the last year, which has been tricky at times. Keep up the good work. That's Tom from Wales in the UK. Thanks, Tom. I saw some great castles in Wales. Anyways, uh, P.S. for Graham. What kind of Wales? We live in remote Wales. They do a lot of military stuff around here, so take that into account. We do a lot of wild camping and parties and the like in remote places. I've seen flashes in the sky, but hasn't everyone? I don't think so. Flashes in the sky? 
See, you see them. There were flashes in her head. But another, but another flashes friend everywhere. who lives in one of the remote postal codes in Wales with no prompting mentioned spotting flashes of light in the night sky too on several occasions and not towards the military bases, but away towards open hills. There's a lot in Wales. These are like sheet lightning flashes, but on nights of clear skies and good weather. So the, yeah, that's not the type that, that we've been talking about or that I've been seeing which is like a big flash bulb, like somebody took an old-fashioned camera from way up there that could be like anywhere from 10 to 100 times brighter than the brightest star. Like, that's a, like just a flash bulb. I wonder if these flashes are actually radiation hitting your eyes and then you just see those little flashes because that's what they see when they're in the space station. Because then that would explain why some of you see them and some of you don't. If you're getting like some sort of radiation hitting you guys and no, if you're but, all in the same spot. No, but a lot of us, we'll, we'll, we all see them though. Always? Not, no, not always. But So have you like, sat right beside somebody looking in the same direction and they haven't seen it and you have? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Does that happen um, more often than no, not? No, most of the time, like everybody around that side of the circle will see the flash. Yeah? And they'll jump. We jump up and go, oh, look at the flash. Oh, there. And look at the... I picture it. Freeze, <laughs> Mr. Greer. <laughs> and they all bow. No, no, no. <laughs> and they all bow so with their robes. It's, like, uh, like, uh, it's not about that. Do you get like robes? little bits of cosmic rays slipping through the magnetic field and hitting them right so why would you only yeah. see them on like special nights and not all the time because the radiation isn't always bombarding you at that exact location and you're not staring what at the it fuck? that's the lamest explanation no I man think. think about it if you're if there's some sort of like radio if there's some sort of radiation coming down and you guys are all in a like a concentrated area which is quite small when you're looking at like the you know the scale of space mm-hmm. right so you just that little dusting happens to hit you all guys sitting there in that location, you're all going to see like little flashes. But, you know, your version of the flash might be different than yeah. mine. mine my, I might have seen blue. You might have seen red. You know, or it might have been just a little bit over to the left or whatever. I well, mean, I'm not well, saying that's what it is. I'm just curious if that is an yeah, option. That's, there's definitely times yeah. where we see things and every not everybody sees them. They, and some be like, well, you and I could be looking at something and one of us is seeing it and the other one's not. So that's when you guys all see it, though, do you describe the exact same thing? Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, when yeah. that does happen, it's pretty close. It's the same color? Not necessarily color. I'm usually, there's well, not usually Yeah, like colors, either it's white, it's white, it's white, or if it's know. blue, it's blue. Yeah. Because if it would be red, you'd think it could be like a meteor or something, or a meteorite, I guess. Why can't blue be a meteor? Well, I, I don't really know, but I think there are a lot of them are usually burning, Green. right? So, Green, yeah. blue, yeah. Yeah, they're burning, so usually they're like a reddish-white. Doesn't that depend on if it's going away from you or coming towards you? Are you going like into the, the Doppler effect? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or guess what is that? The red shift? Yeah. Is that? Just, yeah. Maybe it's not. Doppler is sound, I think. Yeah, only, that's right. right. Doppler's yeah. radar. Sound. Yeah. So, so anyways, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the sheet, the sheet lightning style. Yeah. Flashbulb. Well, I want to see a ship. I mean, so Graham, we should confess me and Darren had a conspiracy where I was going to go f- cover up all the lights on my drone and fly it over you guys one night. <laughs> oh, there's, there's multiple conspiracies. Michael, I wonder. Michael it's a good I thing. I, it's a good thing we're talking on about, a fucking uh, signal. Uh, we're not in text or anything. Yeah. Mike, cause what? I could hack your text. 
I could pick up your phone and look in your signal just as easy as I could pick up your phone and look at your text. The NSA. I got can. the location, James. Yeah. I got the location. We'll find him. I'll track him. Michael and I have talked about following you guys out too and fucking with you. It's okay. We just go buy a GPS and stick it on his car, like there a little magnet. Go. Hopefully, the day. We'll use the GPS from the fucking balloon flat Earth experiment. Hopefully, you guys, when you guys do come out, we'll have the massive sightings and you'll be fucking all in believers after that. Do we get robes? I need a robe. In we this could just cake. bring our own robes. Yeah, you got a robe? Nice robe. Robe? Yeah, I want a robe. Purple robe. I feel purple, like I'm in a cult robe. that way. Purple robes. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. But we're not. We're observing the cult. Oh, we're not in. We don't get our robes until, like, is it an initiation? Maybe we could have like cool uniforms. What if they actually sacrifice us, Darren? This is, maybe it's not. <laughs> it's kind of like reminding me of like from dusk till dawn. Now all of a sudden. <laughs> We get thrown over the edge of the pit at the end. They would have sacrificed Graham by now. Maybe. Maybe Graham's the leader. <laughs> I can see Graham more being like a cult Graham's leader. A, Graham has a side cult started. Yeah. I, I feel like he's more of a cult leader than a cult follower. Bingo, bingo. Social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America Newsletter. Bingo, bingo, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America What do we got? Oh, on uh, Ronald Carson video episode, could the giant carbon reservoir be the methane ice under our oceans? Apologies for misspelling. I think it could be. Mm. Coop W, bless up, boys. Jay Glad, seemed like an honest bunch. Cheers, guys. Huh. Uh, Ronald Fakali. Great cast, great chemistry, dudes. Ryan bringing it home. It is at the very top of the control umbrella, a class issue. Racist, religious, and nationalist dogmas are are excellent mechanisms to divide, conquer, and control. Yep. From Monopod BS. I couldn't handle the subscribe torture for any longer. I gave in and subscribed almost for as little as humanly possible, which is the dollar, (laughs) which is the dollar 11 plan. Good show. Good show, but Graham's good. Yeah, thanks for the support, Mono. Good show, but Sam's got a bit of an all-caps voice at times. Maybe you should tone it down a smidge. No way. Nah, I like it. You need him over the top. Uh, Here we have the one on the, uh, what was it, the chick that was getting shot with the, sorry, I shouldn't say chick, Jesus Christ. The the woman who was getting shot with the CIA ray guns. Yep. What was her name again? Horton, Dr. Catherine Horton. You're putting me on the spot here. Dr. Catherine Horton. So we got a comment on that, which is an older episode by by Brian Sam Trooper. Everything she says is true. The intelligence agencies, FBI, CIA, local police, state police, fusion centers, shadow government, and organized crime have corrupted and infiltrated every aspect of society. I am a targeted individual in Attleboro, Massachusetts. Wow. My neighbors, in combination with the above agencies, recently poisoned, tortured, and murdered my two pet beagles. The targeted individual program is the most evil program the world has ever seen. Hitler would bow his head in shame. People need to wake up 
before they kill Earth, animals, and humanity. <clears throat> wow. Uh, from our buddy Craig Flowers. I like the cross-casting you guys have been doing with all the other hosts and going on other shows lately. Always very entertaining. Uh, on our episode number 248 with uh, Dave, or no, with Brian. No, Dave, right? Dave the pastor? Yep. Whether true or fiction, this pastor must make a movie out of this experience. And, uh, and wow, you should have Natoli on for an interview. He sounds brilliant. Good read. Listen twice. Hey, good read. Thanks. I read it. Did you read it? I read it. Yeah. No way. Yeah. After all the fucking reading I do, you get a good read. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one might hit close to home. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, I wanted to actually go. I'll go to the Twitters for a minute. Quickly. If What is plural for Twitters anyway? Tweets? Twats? Tweets? Yeah, tweets. Twats. Oh, it's, uh, hmm. Tweeters. Twitters? Twitters? Uh, How about all them likes on uh, Graham's Calf's pictures? Oh, we got this one. I re-downloaded <laughs> Tinder this week, and I linked Grimerica to it. And I can't even tell you how many matches I'm getting and people who are interested in the stuff or listen to an episode. I didn't know you could. So apparently you what? can. Yeah. He said, apparently you can link your Spotify listen, what your Spotify likes to your Tinder Come account. Come on. No, that's, he's shitting us. America's getting people I don't know, laid. We, have to get, we, we all, we're all, we're all, uh, married. So we need single people to confirm that. Yeah. You're getting people laid now, guys. Good job. There's a lot of uh, that is what Genesis in the chats of podcasts. How many shows and stuff have started up? And a lot of a lot of cool people in the chat. Yeah, it's crazy how many fucking. You can catch that link in the show notes. Grandamerica.ca slash chats. And Darren's still reading the twitters. Did I listen to this one already from the Cat Daddy? I feel like I might have. Uh, did you listen to it or did you read, read it? it? Hey guys, I just noticed. Uh, I work as a night shift stalker at Walmart, which feels mindless after a while. The catch is I get to wear headphones. Sound familiar? Mm, yeah, kind of, yeah, I uh, think. But that's so cool. I have 32 hours of time to listen to lots of stuff. And yeah. You guys, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you read that one, but thanks. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Daddy. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, I got a UFO quote. No synchros? From the... Uh, yeah, I got. Oh, okay. I got this. I got this big email. And we didn't ask for support yet. Either. I got this. He's big trying email. to trick you off the UFO UFO quote again. I'm excited about it. It's got the. It's from the ca.gov yeah. website. Darren and Graham going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound. I think I I had a hard time finding this one today. I think the maker of that jingles a man overboard. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's too bad. Yeah, hope he's okay. Yeah, that's a great jingle. I love that one. So this is a memorandum for the director of Central Intelligence, and the subject is the evaluation of UFOs. It was released for, it was approved for release in October 29, two thousand and two. But this is from January twenty sixth, nineteen sixty five. Number one, this memo, memorandum, of course, is uh, 
for your information in response to your request. Number two, as you know, there's been a recent spate of reports of UFOs, unidentified flying objects, in the news media. Widely publicized UFO reports during the past 18 months include the July 1963 Sunnyvale, California incident in which the UFOs were later identified as an aircraft, the UFOs reportedly associated with the Gemini launch in April 1964, which probably were due to fragments causing radar reflection, and the petulant Maryland incident in December 1964 in which two objects were apparently tracked by radar, but later analysis attributed the sighting to malfunctioning radar circuitry. Evaluation of these and other reported phenomena reveals no evidence that UFOs are of foreign origin or are a threat to the security of the United States. Hmm. Three, the Office of Scientific Intelligence, Department of Defense, S&T, monitors reports of UFOs, including the official Air Force investigation reports, and concurs with the Air Force conclusions, which are unclassified and available to scientific investigation. Of some 528 UFO reports investigated during 64, only 3% are classified as unidentified. 11 investigations are still pending and attached are the official Air Force statistics for the time period between 1954 and 1963 by year and for 1964 by month. So when you look at 1954 to 63, there was... Uh, Fifty-seven hundred, fifty hundred, seven hundred. Oh, it's from the CIA website. It's a quote from it's the a, website. He's quoting them. It's a cram quote. It's just. Yeah. It's There's fifty-seven hundred, uh, over fifty-seven hundred sightings. A and year. It, this is from this is from uh, nineteen fifty-four to sixty-three. This is just the ones that were reported. Yeah, and or, or investigated actually when tech was probably. in its infancy, so it couldn't have been drones or well, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, but, there, there's like. 1868 of them, 1800 they were saying are astronomical, 1,000 of them were aircraft, 500 were balloons, insufficient data, 1,000. which which a day. Which when you look at some of the investigators from the 60s, they say these fucking surveys were ridiculous that went yeah. out for the investigators. If there was any part of data like temperature or anything that was off or the time of day, they would put in insufficient data right away. So that whole yeah. category is fucking bogus. Full of stuff. Other is 750. So what's other? The, the actual UFOs? Oh, other cases is uh, you know is hoaxes, hallucinations, unreliable reports, psychological causes, missiles and rocket reflections, flares and fireworks, missiles. migraines and How inversions. Many missile reflections can there be <laughs> in the sixties? A lot of missiles flying around. I guess there was probably a lot of missiles flying around in the sixties. Yeah. Flares and Cold fireworks, War. mirages, inversions, search and ground lights, clouds and contrails, chaff, birds. Radar analysis, photo analysis, physical specimens, satellite decay, and other. And then there's an other other. There's an other other. Other others. <laughs> Subcategory of the others. And then um, in the end, satellites, uh, 274, unidentified, 180. So still So they're using UFOs. the three, you know, this is actually, this is probably, this seems like the, the, the old blue book stats or something. Well, unknowns were the ones that were considered actual UFOs, I think, in the blue book report. Right. So how yeah. many were we down which, to? Which might be called unidentified here. So it was yeah. 180 out of 5,700. Wow. But which is probably the 3% That's or whatever they're saying. much less than 1.4 a day. Yeah, but it only takes one of those to make the whole thing real. Exactly. 
You know, Plus, wow. there's a whole bunch of bogus categories here, other yeah. and insufficient data. And that's in a time where you wouldn't expect to see a lot of high-tech spacecraft, spacecraft flying around. Like, that isn't making a whole bunch of noise, right? You know, I mean, if we're going to follow... What are you talking about? Those are the fucking glory days of space travel. We haven't been back to the moon since. Well, yeah, but, like... I haven't done nothing. Our official, you know, equipment made a whole lot of noise. And I guess know, not. That was 63. Yeah, we, right? we weren't yeah. even gone to the moon by then. These guys were seeing objects that were dead silent. And round. Maybe there were weather balloons with fucking GoPros yeah. on them trying to... They didn't have GoPros back then. <laughs> that we know a way bigger balloon back no, then. No, but it's a good point, though. Right? Yeah. So what flies is round and is dead silent? The only option would be a, a balloon, probably. Yeah. Right? Yep. Could have been. Yeah. That's it. What else you got? Well, I got a long email here we could talk about. It's pretty interesting. What kind of jingle would I play? Uh... Did you do Ramblin' Graham at least once today? Is it a synchro? Yeah, do that one. I'm a Ramblin' Graham with synchronicities All over the web And Darren is skeptical about everyone And don't believe it yet I feel, like, I feel like it's been a while since I've heard a lot of these jingles. What a beauty that one is. Oh, yeah. That was one of our very first jingles. Yeah. yeah. Classic now. But a Gitmo Yoho. This is from Bryce. So I've put off contacting the show for months, even though my wife and I have listened to so many episodes. Well, recently I replaced my cell phone and downloaded all my apps and reloaded my podcast. I had to search Grimerican Podcast Attic and the Black Budget feed showed up. Fuck. <laughs> this was a while ago, so. I haven't fixed it. You haven't fixed it yet? No. If you're listening to the Black Budget feed and you haven't paid for it, then you're stealing. So <laughs> sign up for a monthly. We'll send you a cease and desist. <laughs> uh, I got to track down fucking podcast addicts. I thought you already identified that Statistics. one. Yeah, there's a little bit of a hole in our in our plan for the Black Budget feed. Maybe I should. That's secu- because we really don't care. No, I know. Maybe we should let James handle the black budget feed. No. I can secure it, but then yeah, let's you got to sling a few freebies. Just don't here and steal there. it. Just come on, give sign him up. a dollar. Okay, let's see what he says here. I tried to release. <laughs> I tried to resist, but admit to downloading a few just to have a listen and see what I was missing. So I listened to and enjoyed those few and did the only logical thing left. I went back to download just a couple more Black Budget episodes. Well, wouldn't you know it, the feed was removed and I was left now feeling guilty for indulging. <laughs> See, it did take care of that feed. Karma. It cost a dollar to get the feed. So, Darren, uh, so I write to you today after months of procrastination and I also subscribe to the 11 cents a day plan. There you go. Thanks. What's 11 cents a day? I don't know. Three thirty-three, yeah, three thirty-three, probably. That's what I pay. Hardly enough for the job you both do in putting together a wonderful program. The value you provide to the show is priceless. Thanks, pal. I found the search. I found the show while searching for Joel Saladin and Spotify, and I was instantly hooked by the program I was listening to. I quickly downloaded the back catalog of shows and listened for hours on end while working in the garden. The topics are engaging and they keep me interested. Okay, now to give you a little bit more back. A little bit more than the pennies I've committed to. I have an odd story involving an old Polaroid photo. While living in rural Washington area north of Portland, Oregon, in the hills around Mount St. Helens, and this story isn't about D.B. Cooper or Bigfoot, but something in my mind a bit more sketchy. 
Oof. I've attended a small local school, and one day, maybe in fourth or fifth grade, and this is 1966, a friend and a neighbor came to school with this Polaroid of a beheaded wolf-like hybrid creature. Wolf in? It was captioned, the devil dog from hell. And the recess, and the recess aide quickly wanted to know what we were looking at, looking at, and she snatched it up. She was appalled. She, Jesus. She was appalled with hell and the devil dog, so she blacked out the caption and reluctantly returned the photo. As my friend's, as my friend's dad was driving down his driveway to work early in the morning, he drove up on this object and couldn't understand what or why. Took out his Polaroid cam and snapped a picture, then kicked the head off the road down the steep embankment that likely led into the nearby lake. Why would he do that? The photo was spread around, and we were all a bit more cautious when traveling around outdoors. Was it a hybrid animal? What tore its head off? And how did it find its way into his driveway with no other sign of body or flesh? All these years later, the only conclusion I can come to is that it was some sort of prank. But after recently seeing the man that discovered the head after 20 years, he admitted to doing nothing of the sorts. There really was... There really is no answer, and all we have is this photo. The original is still around, so I intend to capture a newer, less grainy version. Keep up the good work and tell those Canadian border officials they can be a bit bit less cuntier. And then he's got that crossed out and says rude. Yeah. It's a real hassle getting to visit the inside of the immigration office and, and told about the gun laws and how weed is legal in the States, but not in this country. Traveling south, the U.S. are disheveled, sitting on a stool, hardly look up and wave me on. Why the hassle? I'm just trying to visit. And then there's Leave the your uh, guns at home, bro. And then there's the picture there of the beheaded beheaded uh, wolf hybrid creature. Does it? Do you think it had fins? No. No. No sign of fins. It, it looks, was a chupacabra. It looks like a wild boar. Really? Wild boar. Me yeah. and mom out of this. Because that would probably... <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> looks like a wild boar face with fangs. Or maybe huh. it's just a wolf that got eaten by the other wolves. They just, they just turned on him. They're like, fuck it, man. We're hungry. Or a cougar or whatever, right? A cougar <clears throat> ate a wolf? Looks kind of doggy, actually, more than wolfy. Yeah, no, it could it's got be a some coyote. Pretty, pretty crazy fangs. Yeah, it could be a coyote. Those dog fangs. Canines? Yeah, I'm not convinced that it's a wolfin. Mothman? Would a Mothman have fangs? Mothman's like a bat. Ooh, there was that Batman or whatever the fuck, Owl Man in Chicago, right? Maybe it's him. That was a wingsuit jumper. Oh, no. What? No, there was like fucking. 30 sightings or something. Yeah. Those guys are base jumpers and they're wingsuiting off the big buildings yeah. and everybody thought, yeah. No, that's just a cover No, story. it's seriously. Like, because it was only just like last year that that all came up, right? Oh, just right. Currently. Yeah. And I replied on that and they, sh- I saw the pictures and everything. I'm like, that's a wingsuit jumper, guys. Like, like it uh, really actually but, is. But with, I showed them comparisons of the wingsuits and but stuff. But with special and, Batman looking wings? No, they were wingsuit. Wingsuit. Just Owl normal Man. wingsuits? Yeah, Usually Owl they're Man. all colorful and yeah. stuff. Though. I'll give you some pictures you can put to, in the show notes so that people can Ugh. see this as well. It's a wing. <laughs> Graham doesn't know how to put pictures <laughs> no, in the I'll, show notes. No, I'll put a link. I'll just send you the link, Graham, and we'll host the pictures and they can see it. 
and it's just base jumpers. So they sneak up on the buildings at night and jump off. And then everybody sees these flying things, right? But it's just base jumpers. I'm not kidding. Case closed. Case closed, buddy. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Owl fans of Chicago. But yeah, he hasn't looked at so a, he, my buddy. He hasn't looked at a single picture or yeah. anything. But case my, closed. Maybe the Mothman was <laughs> in a base jumper back in the. No, that was too old. I think. Yeah, before it was really a thing. Yeah, but the current one the, is the base o, jumper. The Wake up number jumper. thirty-seven. The really, OG that was jumper. the fucking base jumper. Wake up number thirty-seven. Or was that just in the movie? What's well, he talking about? I don't know. I'm lost. She didn't go on the bridge and she would have been the 37th person that died. Mothman Prophecy? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, oh I don't remember that yeah, movie. I don't remember it either. It was Stephen Greer. Maybe Stephen Greer's the Mothman. Huh. That would make sense. There. It's his brother. All mothy and weird. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Because he is all into that anti-gravity stuff, too. He's all into all sorts of stuff. What else you got, buddy? I don't know. That's about it, I guess. That's it. No synchros? I got a little couple synchros. We here. played the yeah. synchro jingle, but he didn't. So support the show while we're waiting for that. Actually, I could do the... Uh, nah, I'm not going to play that. Oh, yeah, here we go. If they make you laugh, if they make you cry, if they blow your mind, why not go online to grimerica.com? Okay, this is a little one. It's a little bit heavy, but what? What? Not doing synchro anymore? Is that it? I'm just playing the support jingle. I'm <laughs> just fucking oblivious. <laughs> That's okay. I fucking slept through a whole fucking story like a couple episodes ago. Uh, check out grammarica.ca slash support, guys. Sign up for a monthly if you can. Like, uh... The I forget his name, the eleven cents a day. So there's you can get on for like the three cent a day program or the four cent a day program would be the dollar eleven a month. But do the eleven cent a day, do the fifteen cent a day. If you look at it that way, it's super cheap. Sign trying up to get over the one percent mark. You be a one percenter. We're trying to get to at least one percent uh support. I mean ideally it'd be five. If you get five percent support, Graham should get a tattoo of support the show on his calf. Yeah, no. Whoa. <laughs> Temporary tattoo. No, like a real one. Support no. I'll the get show. A, I'll get a tattoo of a Moai on me. Well, but that's because you probably that want anyway. one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's work on 1%. We've been trying to get to 1% for like two years. We're not close. To, well, we're, get, we're like three quarters of the way there. Yeah. Well, you could go get like a whole bunch of sp- like, you know, sponsors and stuff and make the listeners listen to commercials half the time. That'd be nah, hard. fuck it. We, we no. took a vow of no sponsors and right? ads. We took yeah. a vow of poverty. Yeah. So you guys better just kick in a buck. Let's sign yeah. up for a monthly buck. Like a buck. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Or two bucks or 30 bucks a month or whatever. Do a one-time donation if you can. Whatever yeah, you can no, do helps there's out. No there's no pressure. There's no limit. Do what you can when you can. And if you can't do that, then you can at least share the show, review the show, rate the show. Um, Tell your friends about the show. Sign up for the newsletter. Email, Sign email other people me. up for the email newsletter. Gra- email, email grams. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Whoops. I hit two <laughs> buttons at okay. once. Okay. Stop the joke. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the new, that's, a, so I've only ever had a couple requests for like ringtones and jingles and things like that. The first one was this one. Graham is an all-in believer in chemtrails. <laughs> Has been requested like six times as uh, ringtones. And then the other one's the blah 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 And now the new one's the C-Seti Star. Yeah. C-Seti Star is pretty good. 
Where's the Wolfens jingle, Graham? You need to have your own trigger over there. Right? I know, I know. Totally. We need a new cord for that, and for that, we need you to support the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, you guys should see the igloo. We're still sharing a fucking clip cord. If you guys could see the igloo, you'd give them a buck. We've got a floating globe. Yeah. <laughs> it stopped. It stopped. There it was, was almost spinning old... the other way, and it stopped and started mm. spinning back. There's almost an electrical fire yeah, in here. So, so um, yeah, and you can you know, email me stories, and we talk about, uh, we get the listeners involved and read stories and sightings and trip reports and jingles and synchronicities and all that kind of stuff. So send them in to Graham at GrahamAmerica.com. That's right. Help out. Yep. Anyway. What else was I going to say? Need more UFO sightings, buddy. Yeah, I know. Got Don't be afraid to send those in to Graham. We like them. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. You, got to, you were going to say something. Remember you rudely started talking while I was. Well, I just had a, okay. a synchronicity. What did he get all fired heavy, up about? So. What, what were you all fired up about earlier? We already talked about it. He's fired up about the fucking platter. And about getting a robot in the face at hockey. He's still pissed off about that. Okay, this is this is uh that jingle always cheers about this is a little heavy. Oh boy. I think I don't like heavy ones. And it's from uh from Ken. Ken? I don't know if he's in the chat or not. Kraken? I'm not sure. Ken that fucking make made the subreddit Ken? I don't know. But uh anyways. He's the Ken. So he's the Kraken. I'd like to tell you about a synchronicity that happened to me a few years ago. My parents divorced when I was a teenager. My mother and father then split up, one living in Ohio and the other in Texas for the remainder of their lives. I was living in Colorado at the, and at the age of 47 when I received the usual Christmas card from my mother. A pretty generic, but I'm sure well thought out Christmas card manufactured by American Greetings. My father was pretty hit or miss on sending Christmas cards, but that winter I did get a card from him weeks after Christmas and sadly days after he passed. I opened it with tears in my eyes to find out it was the exact same card as the one my mother had sent weeks earlier. I immediately took the other card out and looked at the backs of both of the cards to see if they were from a box that somehow got shared by the both of them years ago. But both cards were completely different printings from different distributors. Even the color registers were different. I now have them both framed side by side. My mom died a few years later. Then, sadly, I never got to tell her the story, even though I know they both know. Eight. Nice. Eight. I feel bad, man. His parents died. That's pretty good. But the one, the one time is that's something. It's not really sent. a synchro. It's kind of a synchro, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is. I think. It's a synchro. Yeah, yeah. it know, is strange. His dad picked the picked the same card the the year he died. No, I know. I'm just jaded. From so I wonder if it was the same. I wonder if it was the same from the fucking fortune cookies. I'm yeah, I'm still hurt. <laughs> Did you only get a six point four? Six point four. He gave me a nine at the cabin. We weren't friends either then. We didn't yeah. even know each other. I was just in a foul mood. Six I don't think I believed four. him. I wish we made a note of what episode that whole thing happened in because that was like one of the... I went looking for it. I couldn't find one it. One of the best episodes. It's in the 180s. The one no, where, is where it he that, played? Was it that far along? Yeah. It, it was. It was in this studio, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's like two years ago now. 
Darren played a really good. Well, I don't even want to say it. I shouldn't even say it because if people go, go back, back and, and listen to the fortune, uh, can you yeah. search by by titles like fortune key no, no, as a no, search no. field? No, no, you can't even search period on the website. Not through Libsyn. You have to use Google now. No Were you supposed to talk about that? No. Somebody was bitching about it, and was that? one of our friends. And well, you can just if you want to search for something on the website right now, Google it's best it. just put search Grimerica, and then whatever you want to search for in Google. In Google, because uh, or Bing or whatever the fuck you're using, because I don't have a search thing on there. Dongle widget, whatever the fuck. I'll put something on there down at the bottom, or as a menu option or something. But I just don't get around to it. I will do it. It's on the to do list. Okay. The problem is the to do to do the to do list doesn't exist. It's now physically. it's now about fucking hot air balloons and flat Earth. This is much more important. <laughs> Actually, pretty awesome. <laughs> We're gonna prove flat Earth. Yeah. No, round earth. Something. Which we're, one are we proving? We're going to prove something. If nothing nothing else, we're going to prove that we're, we're idiots. <laughs> we're going to send a Moai into space and some weed. Something's going to happen. And it's going to be we'll legal. We'll document the whole thing. Yeah, it'll be legal. We'll be sending legitimate be, cannabis up. It'll be mostly legal. No, we'll just do it after July 1st. We'll do it on July 1st, the day that cannabis is legalized. We'll send some into space. We're doing this in like a fucking month. It's going to be too cold. It'll go up higher faster when it's cold. I know. And when it's cold, everything's crisp and you can see everything nice and clear. I don't want to go walking through like <laughs> 10 feet of snow to go get the balloon, man. <laughs> it's all part of the adventure. We'll all have cameras on and then you're going to edit all into a masterpiece. And you're going to make an igloo. Fine. Fuck. Okay. Not at the same time though. Well, we're going to have some time. What are we going to do? Yeah, I guess we'll have like. Three hours to kill. We might as well make an igloo. Build an igloo and we'll make some bannock. And it'll be awesome. Some what? Bannock. What's that? Fried bread. Awesome. Is that Indian bread? Yeah. That's right. Is it called bannock? It's called bannock. I didn't know. You didn't know what bannock is? No. (sighs) This is is what I deal with. You got to hook him up. He's missing out. Yeah, bannock is pretty terrific. I won't be appropriating your culture if I eat bannock. You will, but I think it's okay it's if you're okay. with me. Yeah. yeah, if you're with Darren, it's fine. I'll give you a, a You got to give him an offering of tobacco, though, oh. slash cannabis. Should you be making an igloo if that's an Eskimo thing? That's <laughs> appropriate. Pro- well, I said on some podcast a couple weeks ago that you're gonna make I think a it was snow on Friends TV? that I was bitching about. I look at when other people wear moccasins and shit as a, a tribute or a compliment to my culture because fucking it's real close to being eradicated. So, you know, the more people that pick up bits and pieces of it, at least it survives in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more important to maybe, I don't so know. So if I came in with a headdress on, it'd be okay. You have one right here, Graham. <laughs> That's out of Lego. Lego headdress. I think it well depends. Maybe like I say, if it's in jest, then, and <laughs> yeah, if it's, it's in good. jest, then it's not okay. But if it's... What if I hide the jest? <laughs> GrahamEcroAmerica.com. Yeah. That one goes to Graham. Anything else? Support the it, show. Buddy. All right. We'll see thanks for time. joining us, James. Good hey, to thanks, see you again, guys. buddy. Yeah. Good yeah. to see you guys. Absolutely. Support the show. This is a good one check with Tessa. Tessa. Let's check out Grahamerica.ca slash support. Sign up for monthly. Then check out Grahamerica.ca slash GASA, G-A-S-A. And uh, check out what our plans are for this space mission. And swag. And buy some swag, grammarca.ca swag. And uh, I will send you guys all out some fucking good vibes for the weekend. If Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Tonight we've got Tessa Dick on here. Um, her new book, I've got it in my hands here, is Conversations with Philip K. Dick. Tessa's uh, Philip's uh, ex-wife from quite a while back in the 70s, I believe. And uh, we just wanted to have her on a chat, chat about her book and chat about the, you know, the past and the current state of affairs. And thanks for coming on the show, Tessa. Appreciate you coming, uh, coming on and spending time with us. Oh, glad to be here. It was a it was a very strange, uh, somewhat synchronistic circumstance. I was on a long drive going to see my girlfriend. I was listening to John Keel's uh, writings on an audio book, flying flying saucers to the center of your mind, and uh, I was listening to the introduction. I'm, I was thinking, man, this this is really interesting. Whoever wrote this introduction, and I, I went back and restarted it, and I realized it was you. And I was like, eh, we should have Tess on the on the podcast. You know, because it, it, your experience seemed very interesting, you know, back in, in the 60s and 70s. And then, um, sure enough, I found out from our, our friend, at a shout out to O'Culture, Ryan at O'Culture Podcast, that he was also in contact with you. So I was like, hey, Ryan, you know, pass me over Tess's email so we can have her on. And thank you very much for uh, coming on. Oh, that, that's amazing. Yes, I'm getting passed around quite a bit now. It's kind of dizzy. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I was asked to write the introduction by a, uh, I guess, friend, at least more than acquaintance, but, you know, we lived miles and miles apart. And so I had to read it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have a copy, so he sent me one. Of uh, uh, the flying saucers, and I had no idea who John Keel was till I got that book, and now I have a few more thanks to generous friends who share their books. Now, Keel is a very interesting author, 
a journalist, not just a storyteller. I'm afraid I'm more of a storyteller. Yeah. The um, documentary evidence on on Phil is scant, really, and often mistaken. I, I've noticed all kinds of errors. But, of course, I'm not allowed to correct them because I'm just an ex-wife, you know. <laughs> like I wasn't there when that happened? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is that is that one of the reasons why you, you wanted to write your own book about it? I mean, you've written a couple a couple things on, on about Phil, right? Uh, yes. Uh, my first um, memoir I, I wrote actually in the um, late 1980s, and I have enough uh, rejection letters to paper a wall. <laughs> They're all very nice. They like the book, but they don't think they can sell it. So when self-publishing came along, I published, uh, oh, I think, close to 10 years ago now, uh, um, my first memoir, Philip K. Dick, Remembering Firebright. Mm -hmm. And people kept asking for more, so uh, I'm kind of slow and have other things to do, but I finally got the Conversations book finished and self-published that. Good for you. That's... Uh... So, I think it's important to get this uh, this other you know this other side of, of Phil out and your life with him and and uh, especially I feel like Keel and and Philip and Terrence McKenna and all these people that are sort of becoming cultural icons from from the '60s and '70s. I feel like it's it, there's a bunch of people growing in in popularity. And I was wondering, you know, you being sort of in, sort of running in some of those circles back then, did you ever think that that would, that would happen back then? Like, did you realize that you were, you know, friends with some of these people? Well, uh, we didn't run in a lot of circles because Phil suffered from agoraphobia. <clears throat> and sometimes he couldn't even go out the front door, let alone go to a convention or even visit friends. Uh, couple blocks away hmm. but uh i did meet a few people most notably i think robert heinlein mm -hmm. there was a nebula award ceremony and phil had been nominated but he couldn't go and everybody thought he was faking it when he <laughs> said he had the flu but actually, he was misdiagnosed. He had a hereditary gallbladder problem that, by the way, all three of his children suffer from as well. Oh, is that the one where he got? He thought he was uh, poisoned by the by the mushrooms, and <laughs> that he actually ended up. Well, at that point, he had gallstones, mm. but he also thought that the one time he he. He bought some speed from his brother-in-law. He thought it was laced with some kind of poison <laughs> because he got pancreatitis. And he didn't drink. You know, he'd enjoy a glass of wine or, or a shot of 
scotch occasionally, but he was not much of a drinker. Anyway, it turns out that every one of his three children has also had pancreatitis, and only one of them drinks a lot. (laughs) The other two are straight as an arrow, and I'm not saying which one. (laughs) They're probably not listening anyways. Yeah, but it's not cool to talk about Phil's children that way. Yeah, of course. So, um, so what was that anyway, like? What was that like going to the Nebula Awards for on Phil's behalf? Well, I didn't know who those people were. I <laughs> barely knew who Heinlein was. I didn't read science fiction, but. Um, Ray Bradbury was accepting on behalf of uh, Arthur C. Clarke because Clarke couldn't leave uh, Sri Lanka because he was waiting for citizenship. And Bradbury read one of his poems that he had written about Moby Dick and Shakespeare. And he said in his introduction that He knew his poetry was bad, but he had a captive audience, so he read the whole long poem, and it was bad. (laughs) But he was such a delightful person. I wish I'd actually known him. Apparently, he said some very nice things about me, even though we'd never met. Anyway, I still had been dreading going there anyway because he was afraid that Robert Heinlein might be angry with him for helping to spread a rumor that Heinlein lived in a a house surrounded by an electric fence. Oh, Heinlein, it turned out, had a, a big box of Phil's books and he wanted Phil to sign them for him. He was a fan. Huh. And he, I visited him a couple of, well, really only once at his home. He did live behind a wall with an electric fence and a, a, a gate with a little box where you call in to ask him to open it. So that rumor was true. Apparently, both Heinlein and his wife had worked for naval intelligence, so they were very conscious of the need for security. He wasn't paranoid, he just really needed security. Was Phil Phil paranoid at all? I mean, he, he was having some actual, some break ins and stuff like that. And are you guys worried when? in his house right so so part of it it was hard it was part of it was like to me it felt like there was something going on and there was people i don't know if they were spying or whatever because some of the mysteries were never really solved but then apparently you know you did find some people breaking in right yes most of that was uh, before i met him the big hit on his house for example, it was in 1971, and I met him in 1972. Yeah. Well, we did have just a, a college girl who 
actually used to live in our apartment, had kept her key, and she used to just sneak in and sit around reading our books and magazines. And when she saw us coming or heard us on the stairs, she would go out the window. But that was relatively harmless. But what happened to him before I met him, uh, some kind of organized harassment was going on. And I don't think we'll ever know who did it, Mm. but... Oh, and and people who have looked through the FBI files about Phil are disappointed because they only um, contain Phil's letters to them. Oh, wow. So maybe it was the CIA, like Phil was. Phil Phil used to have some uh, appreciation for the FBI, I believe, right? He respected them and didn't like the CIA because... It was pretty much founded by Nazis. <laughs> it really was. They oh, were yeah. not part of Paperclip, but Reinhard Galen organized our spies on the Soviet Union and then organized the spies for the Soviet Union to spy on us. Anyway, um, there was a CIA file on Phil, and I don't think anyone other than Phil has ever seen it. Uh, he read it and destroyed it. I didn't get to see the whole thing, but they were actually writing down the license plates of any car that stopped at Phil's house. Wow. Up in San Rafael. And doing background checks, they must have thought he was up to something. What, what do you think that was? Like, why would they, you know, why would they do that? I mean, Phil was uh, obviously becoming a prominent writer and sci-fi and all that good stuff, and he was sort of, you know, talking, you know, writing about the government in some ways. But why do you think they were showing showing that much interest? Well, actually, that's what puzzled. Phil and everyone else, he was not prominent at the time. In 1971, he was well-known in France, and that was about it. But um, he had signed a petition in Ramparts magazine promising not to pay his income taxes until we got out of Vietnam. Mm. And, you know, everyone on that list was probably a target. The funny thing is that when the IRS finally caught up with Phil, his income had been so little that he did not owe any taxes anyway. (laughs) That's how obscure he was. Hmm. Being... Well, let's see, 40, close, well, 38 years old and asking your mother for money. <laughs> he was in that position more than once. So did you expect, did you have any notion that that, that he would become who he would and so many, you know, movies would be made out of his writings and that kind of stuff? Did you have any oh, sense I of that? Didn't have a cl- no. I didn't have a clue. 
I knew that he deserved it, but we rarely get what we deserve, <laughs> you know. And he didn't live long enough to really enjoy the fame or the money that came with Blade Runner. Right. He was able to Did they just get remake, a new Didn't car. they just remake Blade Runner? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one in 1982. He was able to get a new car and pay off the mortgage on his condominium apartment. But he really wasn't wealthy. He was just finally financially secure. Yeah. And he did turn down millions of dollars when they wanted him to suppress his original novel so they could novel write a novelization of the movie. And he refused and had his own book reissued. And it wasn't called Blade Runner. It was Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And that was... I think it was published in 1968, but it was really inspired by his life in the years before and after 1960 when he was married to Anne and lived on her farm up in Marin County. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anne had sheep and still loved the sheep, but you know, when they had lambs, uh, the farm couldn't support the lambs, so they had to be slaughtered, and Phil had to help with that, and he just couldn't couldn't handle having to kill the lambs, so he made sure that the sheep never got to breed again so they wouldn't have babies. Huh. He really loved animals and didn't like that part of farming. And for a while uh, during our marriage, he decided to be a vegetarian. But it wasn't too long before he decided it was okay to eat fish. And then chicken was okay. <laughs> But finally, he he got to where he would eat a hamburger or something like that once in a while, but not often because, you know, you have to kill an animal to make meat. Well, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, I'm, Besides, I'm, struggling. Like, I'm struggling with that, too. I was I went through a fish only phase. Presbyterian? Yeah, Presbyterian. Presbyterian? I think Presbyterians are well, religious. Never, <laughs> by the way, he never gave up eggs. They don't count unless they're fertilized. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I like fish. Bill didn't really care for fish, but I love a good fish. What's your favorite? Oh, it's got to be halibut. Problem is, you, I'm not getting halibut because uh, they're 
population is is has been so overfished that it really wouldn't be right. So um, once in a while, I get tilapia and make sure it really is tilapia and not something mislabeled. I like bassa. I used to love sea bass. I still like cod, but the, um, you know, the tilapia and halibut are not as fishy and their texture is, is really nice. Yeah, I find a ton of ocean fish is fishy. I like, like, yeah, I find lake fish isn't so bad. I've been eating salmon because oh. of the DHA levels. I had salmon. some salmon today, actually. Yeah. But I don't like love well, it, you know? Yeah. I love shrimp and I'm crab and shit. I don't like lake fish. I, um, one time, because Phil thought I was such a terrible cook, <laughs> well, in many ways, I still am. I, he got me a copy of The Joy of Cooking, <laughs> and I studied it, and I managed to pull off a meal centered on trout in aspic. Phil loved it, but that's when I discovered that I don't like trout. Was this, was this in the phase where Phil was writing, like basically, you know, writing nonstop, sleeping for a couple hours at a time, just waking up when he was inspired, um, that kind of thing when he was on that. And you, and you know, you were just helping him out with, um, you know, putting food in front of him to keep the guy going. No, this was uh, later when our son was very young, an infant, in fact. Mm -hmm. But, um, man, I had no idea that I didn't like trout until I made that. Oh, it was magnificent and beautiful and had watercress and all kinds of side dishes. But... When I was a child, uh, with the extended family, we used to fish for trout, and I always caught just one because even though I was a little girl, I was required to kill it myself, clean it myself, cook it myself, and eat it myself, and we'd cook them on a little uh, wood fire right by the side of the lake. And I thought I liked the trout, but I don't. It was the whole experience. Once you started eating other fish, you were like, that trout sucks. Pretty much. I like the, the sea fish because they're salty. And, and lake fish are not. They're different for example the pink salmon and the red salmon are different in general the red ones are caught in the river where they're going to spawn and the pink ones are usually from the ocean so i'm lucky because red ones cost more and i like the pink ones mm. Well, anyway. So what about some of your experiences with Phil? Like, the, I guess, I don't know if you would call them uh, unexplained or paranormal or anything like that, or the fire bright. 
Can you talk about some of that at all? We do, you know, we talk about a lot of that stuff on the show where listeners email in their experiences and we talk, you know, openly about that kind of stuff. Can you mention some of that? Some of your personal experiences with Phil and those uh, phenomena? Sure. You know, it has been, oh, 40 years or more. Let's, let me think, 74 to 17 Six and twenty, thirty-three, forty-three years. I'm not that old. <laughs> I still think I'm twenty-six until I try to, you know, lift a box or reach a high shelf. Anyway, um, yeah, he started um, having serious problems with his teeth and. Finally, the pain got so bad that he went to the dentist, and the dentist told him he had to go to an oral surgeon and get an infected molar yanked out. Phil called it a wisdom tooth, but it it wasn't. It was just a molar that had broken. He'd ground his teeth so badly that it broke because he was in pain and more afraid of the dentist than he was of the pain. And he was a chicken about the dentist, so he had the oral surgeon knock him out for the surgery to remove that tooth. And... um. 74. I think I didn't have my license yet. That must be why we took a cab. I remember riding in a cab. I got my first driver's license when our son was almost a year old. <laughs> Long story. Anyway, since we were taking a cab home, uh, we just had the... Uh, oral surgeon call in his prescriptions to the pharmacy that delivered to our house, that, well, apartment. Anyway, so we went home and Phil lay down, and he was still groggy from, from being knocked out for the surgery. But when the lady from the pharmacy came with his medication, even though I was up on my feet in the kitchen, he got out of bed and ran to the front door before I could get to it and got his uh, antibiotics and painkillers. And uh, the way he told it, he saw the uh, lady's necklace and it was a goldfish sign and it zapped him with a pink light. Well, not exactly. He was trying to look down her blouse <laughs> and when he realized what he was doing, he um, asked her about her necklace as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, he was groggy, but uh, I'm not sure that's the reason he was looking. Anyway, uh, he knew perfectly well what the fish sign was because we had one. We had bought a bumper sticker at the uh, local Bible bookstore. 
and it was black and silver, and it had the fish sign, which Phil explained to me was an early Christian symbol, and that the cross was actually originally an insult and not a Christian symbol. But uh, he knew what it was before he saw that necklace. (laughs) The thing is, we didn't put the sticker on the car. We taped it up in the living room window on the west side where it faced the setting sun. So when he turned, I handed the girl the check and, and closed the door. Phil turned around to go to the bathroom and get a glass of water to take his pills. And the sun reflected off that window sticker, briefly blinded him so that when he looked away, he kept seeing the after image, a pink rectangle with the fish sign in it. Then he went and took two of the pain pills, and he was supposed to take only one. He went and lay down and started having visions. Oh, but nice. Was, was it an opiate? It was, yeah, it was Percodan, which was an early form of Vicodin. It, um, the way Phil described it was that he was still in pain, but he didn't care. Which sounds a lot like opium. But it was not the first time in his life that he had visions. It was just really um, filled with much more content than ever before. He uh, actually heard the radio talking to him. And I heard the radio, but it was uh, popular music. We had to quit sleeping with the bedside radio on, which had become, you know, our regular routine. But he heard uh, in the songs, uh, You're No Good by Linda Ronstadt and You're So Vain by uh, Carly Simon. He heard them talking specifically to him and telling him that he was no good. I just heard the music, but the thing is, the radio was unplugged. It should not have been able to play anything. You know, it did not have batteries. It was strictly plugged into the wall. Weird. And it kept playing. Yeah, well... I think there was a form, uh, some source of microwave radiation nearby that was affecting our electrical appliances, specifically the radio. That can happen. For example, your smart meter can screw up your uh, cell phone, not to mention interfering with your sleep people are ha- people who are particularly sensitive to electromagnetic radiation have real 
problems with these new smart meters. But, uh, you know, if you can pick up a radio station in your dental work, which does happen, obviously doesn't take a whole lot of power to make a radio play the station that it's tuned to. So did and he? I think did, that is what happened. So did he have any any inspiration or any anything from these visions at all? Oh, it's whole exegesis, which runs something like ten thousand pages in manuscript. <clears throat> wow! He was constantly exploring not only his visions but also um, any ancient writing. He could get his hands on, especially the Bible. Hmm. He really uh, diligently studied the writings of Paul, which is most of the New Testament. Um, he also read uh, philosophers and church fathers, which is, you know, not exactly ancient, but a long time ago. And he read... Um, both philosophy and psychology from both the 1800s and the 1900s. He didn't live into the 2000s, so, or he would have read that too. And of course, we were really interested in the paranormal, so we were, and there was no internet. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd watch In Search Of, and, and, which was uh, Leonard Nimoy's show exploring strange events like, um, oh, why am I blank? Oh, the Philadelphia Experiment, the Loch Ness Monster, mm-hmm. ESP. Unfortunately, it really didn't have a whole lot of content. It it was more... um, Fluff. Attention-grabbing, but not substantial. And the the conclusions were always inconclusive. You know, but we don't know if there's a Loch Ness Monster, but some people think there is. That sort of thing. Yeah. I always like to unsolve mysteries. But I wasn't even born until the 80s, so. (laughs) Well, Unsolved Mysteries is cool, too. I miss some of the old shows, uh, like, um, what was it on cable? Um, Sightings? Remember that one? Yeah, Sightings, and um, I think the other one was called Unknown or something like that. Unsolved Mysteries, maybe? No. Is that what you said there? Oh, sorry. Oh, could yeah. be. I have some of them on videotape. I taped them on my VCR, which oh my still works, by the way. Hope it doesn't it's break. It's still working. <laughs> it's like the last one. <laughs> so what about... What about... Uh, I, ha- I have one that I use and a spare in Perfect. case it breaks down. Perfect. But the one that I use is actually professional grade. So what about how, 
Go ahead. Were you guys married? Uh, well, we married in '73 and divorced in '77. But you know, we had lived together for a year before we got married. Mm -hmm. So I spent five years because living together (laughs) kind of counts. Yeah, definitely. So I knew him for ten. Yeah, I knew him for ten years, and we got along better after he didn't think he owned me. <laughs> Were you with him when when the firebright uh, thing happened, or with that? With that? Uh... Yeah, that's how it started. Was with that toothache. Oh, and that was the that. Okay. Oral surgery. Yeah. I thought there was the, um, something about the blue light, or was that what? About the what? Blue light. But that's what that's what you were talking about with the thing in the window and all that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sometime after that that he encountered the blue light dancing around in the air like a butterfly. But... Um, that was the beginning. It was uh, late February of 1974 when he had the tooth extracted. And then um, more than a week later, the uh, 3-2-74 incident happened. And that has caused confusion because in Europe, 3-2 would be February 3, but it was actually the second day of March. In England and Europe, they uh, note the date backwards, and they say that we do it backwards. <laughs> We're and in finally, Canada, so are... we agree with them. Okay. <laughs> So we finally settled on just saying February and March of 74, since the original pink light happened in February. But on the second day of March, he got what he called the Xerox letter. He had been anxious ever since the first pink light experience, getting more and more Paranoid, if you will, mm-hmm. anxious, upset, frightened. And on the day that this Xerox letter came, he saw the mailman. You know, at the apartments, there's a. Uh, we were upstairs and downstairs in the courtyard, there was a, a box with little boxes for individual apartments to receive mail. And Phil ran down there as soon as it was delivered and came upstairs with the mail, which was amazing because quite often his agoraphobia was so bad that he could not go downstairs to get the mail. And he selected one envelope handed it to me and said, don't let me see it, just tell me what's in it. Eventually, he did read it, even though he told me he wouldn't. (laughs) What is that? Well, it was a Xerox copy of 
a uh, book review. And I'm really not positive about what newspaper it had been published in. But it might have been World Net Daily. In any case, uh, the book was about how terrible the United States is. Uh, had all kinds of words underlined like deteriorate and rot and uh, words to do with dying and, and rotting. It didn't have a return address, but it had a postmark in Austria. And my best guess is that it actually came from a rather well-known publisher, Franz Rotensteiner, who uh, lived or lives, I think he's still living, in Austria. I can check that. I still have internet. Anyway, there was no note, no explanation, no return address, and just this Xerox copy of a book review. I don't remember the title of the book. <clears throat> oh, Franz Rotensteiner is still alive, age 75, and still in Austria. Anyway, um, it was a bit of a mystery, and Phil thought it was full of subliminal messages. I didn't think they were all that subliminal. But he, he sent off the Xerox letter to the FBI. So that was the beginning of a long uh, correspondence with the FBI. But what he did, he wrote really crazy letters accusing people he knew of being communist infiltrators. And then threw those letters in the dumpster, the trash. And he said, well, if they're watching me, they'll get the letters. And if they aren't watching me, no harm done. But he kept carbon copies of all those letters, and they have turned up. And, you know, some of the people he denounced are quite outraged, but Phil was just trying to convince the authorities that he was insane so they didn't need to uh, bother him anymore. Well, it's interesting how his, his, his style of writing was like paranoid fiction and science fiction and all this almost dystopian type stuff where you wonder if, you know, like his, that seems to be like a parallel to really how he thought or lived his life in a way like was there and you know there's a lot of people that would say he's he's right in doing so like there is a lot of things to be paranoid about if you look at the world that way do you think like do you think he was do you, you know what i mean is it does it make sense that he was um that his writing style came out like that well from phil's point of view what he was writing was not so much fiction as uh, exactly. realism. Yeah. And look at the world today. Exactly. Yeah, he was paranoid about surveillance and, and 
um, fascism <laughs> taking over our country. And guess what? <laughs> he pretty much predicted the Patriot Act and uh, warrantless searches. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, he's, you know, he was justified in a lot of ways for he's almost, you know, a forward thinker about that. A lot of these science fiction authors have an amazing grasp at the the future. Right. And it's even possible for an American citizen to be secretly arrested and imprisoned or possibly even executed with without a trial and with no one ever knowing what happened. Yeah. Have you, have have you been interested in this stuff all along, Tessa, from back then to, uh, to now, like your interest in, you know, strange things, the paranormal or this type of, uh, surveillance type stuff. Yeah. You kind of would have had to be there when I was growing up. My Parents got into radical right-wing politics, and they kind of discovered that they were in pretty much agreement with the radical (laughs) (laughs) left-wing. There wasn't much difference. You know, different flag, but same uh, code of honor. (laughs) But... um, yeah, they they were in the Birch Society and they knew Minuteman, but they also knew Weathermen and Black Panthers. And that kind of shocked me because Mom was so racist. Dad wasn't, but Mom was. Oh well, <laughs> whatever. Those were the days, and, I suppose, that that kind of stuff was pretty commonplace. Yeah, and Mom, uh, although she was insane and alcoholic, but (laughs) she took it for granted that not only were psychic powers real, but that all her children had them, because she was sure that she had psychic powers, which explains how many times we were punished for things that she imagined we had done. (laughs) I think the real problem was that she had a hangover. So what what do you think about the, the state of the world now as far as people, you know, like we're talking on the internet right now, you go, Phil was writing about a lot of this stuff back then and you were, you were alongside of, of him, even helping him write some stuff. And then nowadays we're talking about all this stuff openly. There's more acceptance. Do you think there's more acceptance? Do you think more people are switched on to something more than our physical reality right now? It could be. I think as more and more manifests in what we know as the real world, more and more people are willing to at least consider uh, not only the paranormal, but also the fascism that's taken over Western civilization in general. Now, do you mean that you as, know, as far as the the, the old uh, definition of fascism? Well, and not the new basically altered definition. It's a partnership. It's a partnership between government 
and corporations. That's what I thought, yeah. 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 And many people don't Luckily, understand Antifa that. Luckily, Antifa is here to save the day. <laughs> yeah, well, it explains a lot, like why Monsanto can poison us and Nestle can steal our groundwater That's and sell right. it back to us in bottles. <laughs> Vaccines, and yeah, it's live, just a mess. Where I live, for example, they, they pump out millions of gallons of water every year and they pay our county government $700 a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and good, when good profit margin when, on that. When the activists learned that um, Nestle's lease had actually expired 20 years ago, well, the county fixed that. They renewed the lease. <laughs> uh, gee, thanks. We've been in a drought for a decade, and all that water is... Oh... It's even worse than just taking it and selling it back to us. They remove all the minerals from yeah, it yeah, they... <laughs> before they bottle it. You, you might as well drink tap water because tap water tastes better and is better for you. Well, anyway, minus the fluoride in minus the fluoride in most places. Well, where I live, they don't add fluoride to our water that costs money <laughs> yeah we, we don't get we don't have it here either but they're trying to there are some people fighting to get it back in which is crazy to me oh no there's plenty of places fighting to get the fluoride out exactly it's horrible <laughs> now we do have some natural fluoride from you know underground rocks but it's listed in our annual report as a contaminant and it's a very small amount and it isn't the same fluoride that they add the the fluoride that they they add to our water is industrial waste and there's two primary yeah. there's two primary sources one of course is aluminum aluminum refining the other is nuclear waste from nuclear power plants. Just what, what I wanted, wrong? radioactive fluorine in my water. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> oh. You get the feeling that they really are trying to kill us all. Exactly. You know, the... Um, Politicians and the corporate executives don't eat the crap that they, they feed us. Oh, they have all natural, organic, blah, blah, blah. And they die before they drink tap water. Well, I know Singapore has like the, the biggest concentration of billionaires in the world, and they also have the, the lowest infant mortality rate in the world. Like wow. two kids per really? thousand or something yeah. like that that day. U.S. is like 34. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that figures. So I guess Granny was right. She refused to have children in the hospital, and she had both of her children at home. So, Tessa, do you think... Sure. 
Sorry, do you, do you right. think there's an overarching agenda here like like that? I mean, especially after you know <clears throat> being married to somebody like Phil. Like, do you do you think there's an overarching agenda, or is this just the way big institutions end up going? You know, the money ends up influencing people, the greed gets involved, or do you think there's a more of a nefarious agenda? Well, I believe in conspiracies on Tuesday, but this is Wednesday. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's a plan, and other times I think they're just stupid. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, what kind of business goes about killing their customers? Yeah, yeah. And getting back to uh, fascism being a partnership between government and corporations, yeah, they're out for profit, all right. It, and they really do consider uh, us <laughs> to be inferior genetically and otherwise. Because if we weren't inferior, we'd be more like them, right? Mm. Yeah. I don't know what's no, worse. Them, I don't know what's worse, them knowing or not knowing. You know, both scenarios are pretty scary, really. Oh, well, I'm not exactly a fa fan of Donald Trump, but I do like the fact that he's introduced some chaos into the system. Exactly. Yeah. Sort of uh, shining the bright light on what was really going on, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and whether he knows it or not, he's actually opening doors for people to make changes. Yeah. I don't I don't hold out much hope if uh, we don't make changes. I just and, don't you know, hold out much hope. Yeah. You know, Phil, you know, once had decided to immigrate to Canada and apply for citizenship. Mm -hmm. That was also before I met him. I think it was like, December of 71 or January of 72. Mm -hmm. But he was abducted by men in black. That isn't what he called them. We didn't know anything about men in black, but he thought they must have been some kind of government agents because they were wearing black suits. Anyway, and like you said, this was before, um, but this was before his prominence, right? So that's very, you know, telling about why he would become so, you know, so into this paranoid fiction. I mean, if he's had these experiences before he was even famous for writing dystopian type stuff, I mean, it's understandable. Yeah, well, as the way Phil explained it was, you don't have to be important. You only have to come to their attention. Yeah. You know, um, as many people say, if the, if the cops know you, you must have done something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I've run into that where um, I knew a deputy because my son had taught him martial arts. And all the other deputies assumed he must have arrested me at some point because I knew him. <laughs> it took a long time to 
work that out and and disabuse them of that uh, misconception. Actually, I've never been arrested. The worst I had was a, a speeding ticket in 1980, <laughs> and I I was speeding. <laughs> I, I was going about 95, and the nice little officer wrote me up for 75, so I just mailed in my check <laughs> and counted my blessings. Exactly. So well, if he'd written 95, he would have had to arrest me and impound my car. So, Tessa, is there anything else you want to mention about, to your, me about your book? Yeah, Darren's had a couple cars impounded. He's, he's had a bad bad traffic record, eh, Darren? It's better now. <laughs> yeah, well, when I'm going through Kern County, that's... Uh, just the top of Southern California around Bakersfield. I set the uh, cruise control for a couple miles under the speed limit. And I watch and every car that passes me gets pulled over. They're really, really um, on top of speeders in that part of our state. Well, that's good to know because we have a ton of listeners in California. So heads up, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't speed on I-5 going through Kern County. So Just I guess don't. we got about five minutes left here. What um, what uh, what what would you say if you had to pick one as your most uh, memorable conversation with with Philip? I suppose. Um, that would have to be when he finally explained why he left me and then told everyone else that I left him. I don't know why they believed him. He was the one who had a, a new apartment, new furniture, well, some new furniture, plus all of the things he had the moving van take from our home. And it was like the end of his novel, um, Radio Free Albemuth. He was sure that his enemies were going to get him, and he wanted to protect me and our son from his enemies by making them think that he didn't care about us. It might have been crazy, but his enemies never got us. (laughs) <laughs> which doesn't prove a thing because we don't know that he had enemies at that point in his life. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, I uh, do a certain ritual and no purple dragons come down from the sky. <laughs> Does that prove that it works? Or <laughs> That's what happens if he eats stems yeah. instead of caps. <laughs> Uh oh. Well, I always think of the old fun song, Flying Purple People Eater. Everyone's afraid of the Flying Purple People Eater. Yeah, I But it turns that. out he only eats purple people. <laughs> right on, Tessa. Well, you know, thanks for coming on and talking about your book. 
Well, this has been fun, and I wish we had a little more time, but I understand you have other things to do. Yeah, sorry about that. We were running well, a little late, uh, late earlier. We're kind of trying to cram too many things into the studio here. Well, life happens. If it didn't, you know, that wouldn't be acceptable. Well, I really encourage people to buy this book and support you and your work, Tessa. And, you know, um, I wanted to get you on and talk about it. And, you know, it's interesting some of the experiences you've had. So I really appreciate your, your time with that. Is there is there something that, uh, is there a, do you have a website there that I can link to or something like that for people to buy this? How would yeah. you How would you like people to buy this? Oh, Amazon is the best place. It is available elsewhere, but as I said, Amazon's the best, and you can find all my other books listed on Amazon. And my website is my name, TessaDick.com. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. And are you going to be... Remember, uh, you... Go ahead. Your purchase of a book will help a starving writer. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully a bunch of our listeners will buy the book, too. I know we have some uh, some people interested in, in Phil and, and your stuff, so it'll be good. We'll have you back on again. I'll be back you. on down the road, and we'll do this when we got a little more time. Looking forward to it. All right, Tessa, thanks. Anything? Well, thank you. Thanks. We'll be in touch, and we'll send you a link when it comes out as well. And, uh, yeah, let us know if you're going to any conferences or doing anything like that, if people want to meet up with you. Uh, the only one I know of is next March. Okay. The 1st and 2nd of March in Fort Morgan, Colorado, where Bill and his sister Jane are buried. Yeah. Yeah, I went last March and they've invited me to return. Nice. What is that? What conference is that? It's the Philip K. Dick Festival. Oh, okay, good. I don't know if they have anything out on the net just yet. I'll look for it and I'll put it in the show notes if uh if it's there. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, Thank Tessa. You. Okay. Take care. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. That was a little premature. Sorry. I was hovering. I know. Sometimes there's a like, delay. I don't like long goodbyes. I know. Either do I. That's why at work we're just like, bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. See you guys. Yeah, bye bye. You don't have to hug. Yeah. That was a great one, though. Yeah. That was fun. I like your gusto. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I kind of wanted to get more of her experience around some of Phil's friends and all, but the more I learned about, it, the more he was just like a hermit, writing, writing away. I can't believe the list of books you were, or the movies and books you were listing off. Earlier. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, he's had a real impact on our on our culture, science, sci-fi culture. Right? He really has. His writings are very, very interesting. And you're a sci-fi fanatic? No, I'm not a fanatic. I just like it. I like fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, a little bit. 
I gotta I've get into more. I've never seen you. I've known you for five years, and I've never for seen you years. so excited. For six six years. years. I've never seen you so excited as you were with your Dungeons and Dragons book the other day. That's fantasy. This oh. is sci-fi. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Which you haven't seen me that excited? I've never seen you so as excited as you were. Maybe the first Paradigm Symposium, but I don't think so. You're pretty excited with that Dungeons and Dragons book. Now we need a Dungeons and Dragons jingle. <laughs> That's true. We yeah, do. Absolutely. So, um, I, you know, I appreciate uh, Tessa coming on and, and doing that. And, um, I, I wanted to, uh, she, she ended up even having to help him write some stuff as well. Right. Which is really, we, we didn't get into that, but maybe next time we can talk about it, but he it's actually stupid hockey playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. We'll do it again. That was a fun chat. Yeah. She's a fun one. We should get her, we should get her and Judith Mary Baker on at the same time. <laughs> there you go. Like these old gals just tell straight. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Yeah, no they, reservations. The, the fascism like and the, the yeah. Patriot Act and all that. Yeah, it's like they don't care anymore what yeah. people think. It's like, That's well, just, yeah. Right on. That's a big thanks to Tessa for coming on the show. Maybe we'll get down, go down to that, uh, festival yeah, yeah I, I didn't think state. she was going to that that's why i asked about that but i thought i think it might have been her first one last year so i'm glad she's going back let's do more travel yeah anyway, big thanks tess for coming on the show uh big thanks to you guys for listening check out america.ca slash support guys it's a bunch of different ways there you can keep helping us uh keep chugging along here over at Grand america um especially with winter rolling in Hard and fast. They're saying it's cold and sand. The high is minus 10 next weekend now. Minus 10 and snowing. Just going to freeze fucking solid. Yeah, it's brutal, eh? America.ca yeah. slash support. Uh, if you can't afford to support us monetarily, guys, there's a bunch of different... Um, Things in the show notes. A bunch of stuff in the show notes. Check out the show notes. Everything's there. Support the show. Share the show. Rate the show. Review the show. Tell your friends about the show. Send your stories in. Send in spam gram. Send some crap to the P.O. box. I think that's about it. Right on. Thanks, buddy. Very good. All right. Good luck in hockey, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Season's greetings from the Grimerica Show podcast. Gather around the fireplace. Help yourself to some hot cocoa with the little marshmallows in it. Maybe have a candy cane or two, and maybe some cookies. It's so warm and jolly. Cry Merry Christmas. Podcasting from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham crying tears of joy. As he listens in on the little drummer boy, Pa-rumpa. I see you've acquainted yourself with D-Ron. Yeah, it's true, he puffs Christmas trees on medicinal. Wait a second, is that? Yeah, I think that's Sasquatch beneath the mistletoe. Get over here, Graham. Thank you for saving me and give me a kiss. And it looks like Napoleon Doom is decorating the room with tinsels, ribbon, popcorn on strings, and poinsettias. They are in bloom. And you might ask, Who's that in the green and red Lucia Libre mask? Why, of course, that's RPJ. Feliz Navidad. It's so warm and jolly. Cry Merry Christmas.
Christmas Podcasting from the igloo Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo And over there that's Graham crying tears of joy As he listens in on the little drummer boy You'll get a warm and fuzzy feeling if you donate to the America show So get in the spirit, reach down in your pocket and make it rain let us know, make it snow, let us know, let us know, make it snow. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. It's so warm and jolly. Cry Merry Christmas. Podcasting from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham crying tears of joy as he listens in on the little drummer boy.